This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome, everybody. Welcome again to another great day in the locker room. And I got to tell you, the locker room is at Hyde Park downtown. Now, the, uh, the obvious problem with that is that Max is in Phoenix, but he should be here because you are talking about the premier meat-a-source establishment in Pittsburgh. I mean, this is the place to be. If you like a steak, this is the place to steakify yourself. I'll love it here. You got to love it. No questions about it. But I want to bring in Max. Max, are you there, my friend? Yes, I am, and I am jealous officially uh, for you to be at Hyde Park <laughs> and I'm not there. I know how great their food is. And it's been a while since I've had it, so please enjoy for so, me. You know, I'm I'm wondering, Max, is, is is this is there shipping from here? Do we have shipping from here? Because I think that it would it would be upon the management, you know, of uh, you know iHeart and uh, you know Steelers Radio Network. They should be uh, shipping you some of the substances that we consume today. I would think, my friend. Listen, I ha- I have a uh, preferred shipping account number. I'm not sure how that works. Whether you like half cook it and then kind of throw it on the ice, or you just send me a raw steak with all the seasonings and fixings. I'm not I'm not quite sure how it works. But I mean, they ha- well, you have to gonna... have Hyde Park cook it. So I mean, yeah, that, it just kind of dev- defeats the purpose if they're not cooking. If I got to cook it on a grill, it's not going to taste like Hyde Park. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true word, my friend. Absolutely. Well, how are you? You're doing well. I am good. I am good this morning. You know, uh, one of the funny thi- fun things about, you know, kid wake up in the morning and Wolf, you can appreciate this. You, right. You, know, you never know what you're going to get from morning to morning. It, 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 it's a mixed bag. And today, this morning, my girls are usually up really quick and, you know, they're efficient in the mornings and boom, hey, dad. This morning, it kind of was, you know, dragging a little bit. And, you know, my youngest had a dance yesterday. So so they're moving a little slow this morning. But, um, but no, still in bright spirits. So I, I can't complain, man. You know, when you see your kids smile at you, you, you know, it, it, just, it just gives you that jolt of energy. So you got – how many girls you got? I got two girls. Okay. They are seven I, well, and I eight. have three. <laughs> okay. Now I got my 11 and 12. Right now, the difference is, yeah. you know, you're a lot younger than me. <laughs> I'm 63, and I have 11 and 12. But I have a couple dancers. They both take ballet. Is, is that what your ah. your girls take that? So my youngest, she is she takes um, jazz and um, jazz and ballet. So oh, okay. She, Very she's good. Both. She's still a combo. But my oldest, she does tennis. So. So yeah, she she uh, dance this year to do to do uh, more tennis classes. Well, there you go. Okay. Well, Max, I wanted to roll into some of the morning news with what came out. And one of the things that Mike Tomlin talked about yesterday, and he came out and they had a nice uh, you know little soiree where Mike comes out and addresses the media, and he says, "We better get better." And the whole theme of this thing is we better get better. So let me read you this quote: "We better get better as professionals." Up. Uh, See, we better find our rhythm in terms of how we work. We better gain skills relative to the positions that we hold. We better gain insight about the game situations that allow plays to happen for us. There's a lot of teaching and learning that just needs to continue to happen. So let's break that down because, you know, coach speak. 
you you played for Mike Tomlin, okay? So you you understand his lingo, his language, all those things. So let me throw them to you at you one at a time, okay? He says we better get better as professionals. What do you think Mike's trying to convey? Because you know as well as I do, when he speaks to the media, he's speaking to the players as well. Yeah, well, I, I think the first thing as professional probably means uh, getting to work on time, knowing yes. what you need yeah. to do at work, <laughs> and then, of course, <laughs> going out and executing the game plan as assigned when it comes to game day, right? I think because, right, the first half, there's that offensive kind of kind of sputtering, and maybe that he's speaking to that phase of it from an offensive standpoint, also from special teams, giving up that 75-yard kickoff return. Right. Um, you know, I think there's those the, – there's a bunch of nitpicky things that we're going to see that could have led to a different outcome. So if you're not on your P's and Q's, if you're not doing what it is that you're supposed to do that grown men do in this profession do and the standard that he holds them to, then we're, we're going to have problems moving forward if, if we don't get better as professionals. All right, let me throw some little things at you, okay? How players go about prehab, rehab. Think about it. You know, back in my day, the prehab, rehab was essentially, ah, you know, you might go in the sauna. You know, you might um, get a massage once in a while, a little bit of icing, that sort of thing. But prehab, rehab has really grown tremendously so to really accommodate the the increase in schedule. Now, of course, I've played the 16-game schedule, but even more so with 17 games, and, and the full preseason again, uh, it's, it's very important for players, especially as a young player, to get in the habit of taking care of the daily in-and-out prehab, rehab routines weekly and daily on a weekly and daily basis that you need to establish. Wouldn't you say so? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's, there, there's none greater um, important thing to have for now the longevity of the season because of what you're asking your body to do but also on on a year-round basis wolf i mean this isn't where you're off and you know i I think you know we we look back you know you and you see the guys from the 70s right you know you go and you work another real job and then you kind of use training camp to get back into shape and that's why training camp was longer and then you go through the season this is they're doing stuff year round with athletic performance and training. There's no real breaks in the process. And so you hope that they have those skill sets in place, but a lot of them still don't. And I know out here in Arizona, because I work with the offensive lineman consulting company. So, you know, it's called O line performance. And, and what we oh, have to do is. Oh, there's a shameless plug. <laughs> I mean. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Our fans are, are they coming out here? I didn't give a website or anything or an address. I mean, I'm no, just no. I'm giving my credibility. <laughs> Max, all that is is that's what we do. Shameless plug, yes. baby. You know Shameless I mean? plug. That's why we got airwaves, right? That's why I got a microphone now. Uh, <laughs> but no doubt, but we but, take advantage of yeah. it whenever we can. Yeah, ex- exactly. But, uh, but, you know, I, that's one of the biggest things that we, that we work on, we harp on with the offensive linemen, is proper uh, warm-up and cool-down. Um, stretching, uh, pre and post, uh, you know, warming, warming up the body with not only dynamic stretching, but also with some, with, with some hip activation stuff. You know, you start going through a whole checklist, and we send that routine with the guys, 
and you go through your routine every single day. And then when you get to the, the, the rehab part of it, your hot and cold contrast, right? Your, if you need yes. some TENS units and you need that stem on your body or you need the ice cups, you need to work those joints, the ankles and the wrists and everything else. Um, all that stuff matters because your body has to perform efficiently for the next 18 plus weeks. And yes. you want it to be plus weeks. You don't want it to be exactly the the seventeen now that that are left. <laughs> you want you want yeah. it to be no yeah, doubt. You want you want eighteen, nineteen, twenty weeks of work. <laughs> well, think about this because essentially, also, you've covered getting treatment, which is essential. I mean, if you got anything going on, you got to get that treatment. Now, we also have to address like lifting weights, right? You got yeah. you gotta lift your weights. You gotta maintain your strength because one of the big hazards for a professional athlete, for a ball player, is that if you let your weight training go downhill, you weaken as you get further into the season. You don't want to do that. The other thing, of course, would be, you know, you gotta you gotta watch your film. You gotta get your film watching in. I mean, how important is it every day to be able to go in, plug in, watch and study your opponent and be able to take into your mind because you got to get in your mind, for instance, if you got a speed rusher on the corner, you might go and get a, somebody who's really fast if you don't have a fast defensive lineman on your team that can emulate the speed that you need to see during the week. You know, Or if you're on the inside and you, you need an aircraft carrier, I don't know, maybe you, you need to tape a couple guys together like a three-legged race. You know, So you got to emulate somebody that big on the inside. All I know is you've got to watch, get your film, you've got to get your reports, and you've got to do the mental visualizations that you got to do to be prepared to go into the game. Well, most definitely. Here's a funny thing. I mean, now with, with having tablets, right, Wolf, you know, where you could just sync literally, you know, thousands of plays onto this tablet and you could have them subcategorized into anything you want, third and long, uh, third and medium, third and short. I can get you first down runs. I can get you first down run dogs and blitzes. I can get you second and medium, second and long, second and short. They can break it down and watch it. So one of the things that I appreciated when I was playing was that I actually did a majority of my studying, and I can ask my wife here, when I got home. So I would literally <laughs> stay up when I got home, you know, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, until I went and got my massage and, and got acupuncture. Right. I literally watched hours and hours of I have all my notebooks from when I played and they're just full of notes where I would watch so much that when I got to meetings the next day, I I might have I might have dozed off at meetings a couple of times. Not gonna, I'm gonna be honest, right? <laughs> full disclosure. Uh, statute full of limitation is now over with. Yes. Um you know, yes. since I retired, so I'm good. But yeah, I'd be sleeping meetings and they was like, Max, what do you have? Da, 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 da. And I could answer it with my eyes closed. <laughs> so that that's an important thing that guys need to also establish those habits at home, not just when you're in the building. It's what you do away from the building when nobody's watching that truly counts and that truly matters in this process, holding yourself accountable, but also knowing that you there's things you need to get done, such as your studying, such as your nutrition, such as how you recover your body. All that stuff still applies when you get away from the building, not just in front of the eyes in the building. Mike Tomlin said, we better get better as professionals. I mean, it's an all-encompassing statement talking to the players, be it young or old, 
that as professionals, it's more than just the playing field. It's the practice field. It's the the study room. It's the training room, getting the things that you need done if you're beat up a little bit. It's also the weight room. And, and then there's also, as you talked about, the self-study. You take it home. You're sitting at home. I remember, I will tell you the story, Max. I had just been bumped from left guard to left tackle, and I had had hardly any. I had only had a, like one or two practices at left tackle, and I and it was uh, against the Giants with Leonard Marshall and Lawrence Taylor. Okay, so I'm sitting there because all the left tackles had been hurt, so I'm like the tallest of the guards. So that's obviously what Chuck was thinking, I think. So I got to go out yeah. to left tackle. <laughs> which just stinks, right? I mean, you're 6'1", you know, you're, you're 280, and you're like a little fire plug out there, okay? That's a lot of room to cover out there. So I'm sitting there on a Friday before a preseason Saturday game at home in the afternoon, and I'm studying my playbook. I'm doing the mental gymnastics. I'm visualizing, and all of a sudden, I drift off. I'm sitting in a chair with my feet up on a, uh, you know, an ottoman, you know, a footrest thing, and I'm, I'm, just, yeah. uh, I'm just dozing off. And all of a sudden, out of the darkness – there is this big, huge, I mean, literally, Giants, giant jersey with number 56 on it coming at me out of the darkness. I mean, it just flashes right in my face. It just comes flying in. And I, like, freaked out. I punched. I kicked the ottoman across the road or across the room, I'm sorry. And, 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 and I threw the, 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 video, uh, the remote control in my hand. I threw that. And I'm sitting there, like, sweating like a pig, locked out with my hands. And my wife comes in and goes, are you okay? <laughs> I said, it was a lion game. I remember it. I got it. I picked up LT. And she looked at me and goes, uh-oh. <laughs> there it is. So I it mean, begins. it was like. No, don't no, just joke. <laughs> Ser- but, seriously. Talk about but, but that. But that's it's, how it it's is. on your mind. That's what it is. Yeah, talk, it, talk about it. Well, and, and it should be, right? You mean, because here's the thing. You know, I know that there's a certain level of confidence that you must possess, but. Um, at the end of the day, there's still that certain amount of nervous anxiety, uh, pent-up <laughs> energy that you must possess at all times. You you have to carry it in your pocket like a wallet, right? Because yes. there's going to come a moment where, where that charge is going to be due, and you got to be you got to be able to answer that charge. <laughs> you know, pull the money out of your pocket, <laughs> pull the credit card, whatever it is, and swipe and swipe or pay because you want to have that anxiety because that's what keeps you on your toes. That's what keeps you alert. That's what keeps you ready to go. When you get complacent or you think this is an autopilot or this is easy, that's when bad things happen. That's when, that's when injuries occur, you know, but having that nervous energy, you're always moving. You're always wanting to get somewhere to do something because that's just the essence of this game, right? It's about yes. those quick reactions, and you want to keep those neurons as fresh as possible. So even even coming out of sleep, I can tell you, there's a couple of times where I like I, I like I like lunged out of my bed because I thought I, I thought I was taking um, I, was, I was taking John Henderson on a TE game, and I had, I had to you know take the brunt of it because I didn't want him catching my my inside shoulder and just bulldozing me, kind of like how Cam Hayward was doing to John Feliciano on Sunday. Like that's that nervous exactly. energy, like. The second you see that guy drop, you got to drop that shoulder and attack the, the the defensive tackle once he's on the loop. So yeah, I, I completely feel it. That that's something that should be normal and should be natural for a lineman to feel. <laughs> you, you're, lineman you're especially, on, I should say. Lineman especially. Yeah, I, All players should I feel it. We're I'm just talking about it. Yeah, yeah, we are. 
We are. We're neurotic nerds. I mean, it's cool. (laughs) You know, again, we're going back to Mike Tomlin talking about we we better get better. I love his phrasing. We better get better. I mean, it's not about, all right, you had a nice game opener here and everything is la, la, la and all that. No, we better get better as professionals. And part of that getting uh, better is getting your rest and the proper amount of rest. You know what I'm talking about. I remember Joe Green yelling at his rookies rookie year when he was saying there was some nightclub. I, I can't remember that it was, was uh, you know, uh, popular at the time. But I remember Joe yelling in the locker room going, all you rookies, there's not a lot of light down at Chauncey's or whatever it was. He said, you better be studying your playbook at home. It's hard to study by the light at Chauncey's late at night, whatever. But he was making his point, get your rest, get your study done. Get into the theater of your mind doing the, the mental gymnastics that you need. Don't be out on the streets late at night. You better be doing the do back in your home and getting that rest. How important is that? Uh, uh, yeah. Um, after year five, <laughs> it was very important. Um, not going to lie. I, I, I actually remember going to Chauncey's uh, my rookie year. Anyways, um, <laughs> well- we're, 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 not, we're not we're not we're not going to dwell on that but 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 here's the thing i knowing when to get that rest i think is important and early on in the year if if you're still unsure about what your responsibilities are or how you need to practice and study grab a vet and ask him hey how should i watch film cuz i don't know that guy for me was barrett brooks and he he took me under his shoulder and he asked me hey do you know how to watch film i'm like no i'm going to take you he showed me how to do it other guys need to learn how to do that. But, yeah, you need to understand that you're not going to be invincible, and this season is a lot longer than college if you're a young guy, and you do need to make sure that you're getting enough rest Thursday, Friday, Saturday, get it leading up to that game on Sunday, and you need to be ready to rock and roll and no excuses when it comes to Sunday because that's the board meeting. You have all, you, you have all <laughs> week to work, to work in your cubicle, right. but when it comes to Sunday, that's the board meeting for the world to see. I love it. All right, we're going to take a break. You're listening to Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be right back after this, live from Hyde Park. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. We are live from Hyde Park. The locker room is Hyde Park. And let me tell you something, man. If you want to have a steak in Pittsburgh, you come here. Ah, this is this is the home of the to, the, the Tomlin tomahawk. I mean, the 32 ounce or bone and ribeye, which by the way I crushed. Um, and I got to tell Mike he's got up his game. Uh, you know, we're going to need something a little bit bigger there. But again, you're listening to Wolf and Starks, and we are coming to you from Hyde Park and from Phoenix, Arizona, where Max the uh, large one in the room <laughs> is is currently uh, ensconced, shall we say. All right, we've been talking, Mike Tomlin, we've been talking some of his quotes. We talked about how he had to get better as professionals. We better find our rhythm in terms of how we work. So tell me a little bit something. We better find our rhythm in terms of how we work. Can't unionize or brother-in-law, can you, Max? I mean, when you go out to practice, Mike used to have a sign out there. It says, take the field. And what did that mean to you as a ball player? Well, I think the biggest thing is take the field, man. Leave everything that doesn't apply to football and to getting better as a team and as an individual for your profession. Leave it in the locker room. 
Leave it before you get before you walk through those doors. Leave, leave it in the hallway leading out to the practice field. And as soon as you come back in, you can pick that up. But when you take the field, you take the field, and that is what you're focusing on. And so you can't have any distractions of life, home, away from work, family. All those things kind of have to stay at that door. And, they, and they're going to be there as soon as you get done with practice. But when you're in practice, you're locked in for that time. Now tell me also, because that's perfect. That's great insight. You're exactly spot on. But you also got to have the energy bringers, the guys that take the field in a way that befits a professional football team that's hungry. You know, I think back to your time. You remember when the, the ball boys would put the ball down somewhere and you have the defensive guys running up trying to tap the ball first? You know, whether it's James yeah. Ferrier or you got, you know, it was just a fun thing, but it showed the aggressive mindset that these guys were taking the field as professionals with a lot of juice, a lot of, you know, room and everything else. And they weren't simply lollygagging their way through practice. You've got to bring energy and you got to up the pace and intensity of the work. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it, I, I remember whether it was James Ferrier, whether it was Joey Porter Clark. Uh, Troy, even Kimo Von Olhoffen early on in my career, he used he used to get in on it. Aaron Smith, uh, you yes. know, Hokey Bro. I mean, you know, Chris Hoke. So we had so many guys, and and it was each defensive unit, right? They they'd have their assignee about who would who would be the rabbit, so to speak. You know, secondary linebackers and D line, and they and they <laughs> the would rabbit. all they 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 would all they would all be chasing, you know, whether it was Pat or Adam. Uh, around the field, try to figure out where this ball was going to get touched between every drill. And, of course, his offensive line, there was one time I just tapped in. They were like, ah, it doesn't count. doesn't count. Get out of here. Stop touching our ball. <laughs> because, you know, we had to line up on the ball. I was like, ah, this would be fun. Tap the ball. They looked at me, and you, you would have you thought that I had, I had brought muddy boots in, inside their house the way they looked at me in just utter disgust. You know, they treated me like Rick James as a house guest. I mean, it was, it was, I was like, okay, so this is a defensive only thing. Okay, I got it. All right. I'm, I'm going to go line up in my huddle with the rest of my friends. Uh, it's cool, though. We'll meet you guys at this ball in like 20 seconds. <laughs> Mike Tomlin, we better find our rhythm in terms of how we work. Talk about not unionizing. You know, remember Chuck used to say this. He used to say, you know, you can't unionize here, fellas. You know, you, you can't brother-in-law. You've got to go at a steady pace. And when you got the pads on, you got to take advantage of those days, especially now. You only got 13 of them, you know, during the course of a season. So you better take advantage of the pad sessions when you can to get more out of it than just a brother-in-law bump. Am I correct in that? Yeah, I, I think even now, more so than back when we played, Craig, it was important that you when you have shoulder pads on that you actually utilize them because now like you said it, it is so much focused on non-contact and not having trying to eliminate the micro collisions uh in practice and save those for the games and you know when we played it was padded every day you know and, and maybe maybe right. friday or saturday that you got to you got to either take the pads off and just wear your jersey but you know, now with those limited times and the way it's been negotiated in the CBA, those moments are precious. So even more so, you can't brother-in-law once the shoulder pads come on. It's different when you have the spiders on um, or you have just your jersey because you can't get that work in because there's more room for soft tissue injuries. 
But when you have pads on, it's got to be it's got to be serious. There's no brother-in-law. There's no bad day, because once again, if you walk through those doors, you you've already agreed to the contractual agreement of taking the field. If you don't if if you don't agree to that, then you don't walk through those doors. And I haven't found a guy yet that has not walked through those doors. So once you walk through them, yes, there are moments where it can be a slower pace than others. But when you have live 11-on-11 drills or, you know, they're going through their 7-on-7s and we're doing one-on-1s, it's got to be full attention, full intensity. And I need to give you what I expect you to give me. And whether that's a look as far as you mimicking what the other guy does and that takes communication or me doing something for you, that you need to see that they might do in tandem, whether you're, you're the look squad or whether you're going through the ones reps. And I think that, you know, we have the cards, so you know exactly what you're supposed to do. So there's no thinking about your assignment right. uh, on, on the look side of the ball. So if I ask you <clears throat> to do something a little bit different, I'm not doing that to make myself look good. It's I'm doing that so I can get the physical representation of what I watched on film. And I think that's what guys have to understand about those roles and responsibilities within that. All right. Well, you know what? I think it's about time to take some calls here, Max. What do you say? All right. Oh, let's do off. it. Let's do it indeed. 412-919-1316. Let's go to Ed in Cleveland across enemy lines. Ed, how are you doing? Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Well, uh, just got a quick comment today. I just want to call it. You know, I, I, I was I was doing a little research, so I looked back and uh, – by the way, hi, Max. How are you? Uh, I'm doing good. I, I look back, and, I, and back in 2004, the Steelers, the Steelers had a first-round draft pick of uh, a guy named Ben Roethlisberger. But then with the 75th pick, we took this guy named Max Starks. And I just wonder how, Max, you look back and you see Ben still playing today in your draft class. He's still playing today. And then you've nearly been retired for nearly eight years now. How does, how does that – how do you feel about that? Do you – do you feel like, man, maybe I could have went more or I was done? <laughs> yeah, no. How do you, how do you... At this point, whether it was going to be eight years retired or six years retired, no. Uh, my expiration date for my uh, my packaging was already was already done. Uh, <laughs> ben, ben, ben is like, you know, he's he's like processed food. He's still on the shelf. I, I don't I don't get it. Um, but for me, you know, I, I think you know it also. This goes to kind of the type of, you know, type of player you were and the style that you played with. Some have that style that will last and, and can go, and you can kind of get those extra years. I was a very physical player. I was a player that definitely had my share of injuries and played through a lot of injuries. And, you know, when it was my time to retire, I you know, I had to make a decision in my mind. And, and Wolf, you can speak to this as well. There comes that thought in your head, and once you think about it, it's tough to shake it. You know, I always say that the most the most poisonous thing or the best thing in the world, you know, it can either be a seed or it could be a virus. And I hate to say that in this context, but that's the truth of it, is a thought. The thought is the one thing that, that can disseminate faster than anything else in this world inside of one person. And so for me, the thought was, you know, you know, hey, I, I want to be able to play with my kids when I get older. You know, that's kind of my thought. Right, process. right, and I'd right, already, right. And I'd already right, had right. four knee surgeries. I had a neck surgery. You know, <laughs> I mean, so I was like, yeah, I was like ah, you know, rolling the dice. But I mean, when I look at Ben, I'm just so I'm just so inspired by it because he's still he is literally the last bastion of our 04 draft class. You know, for a while I had right. Philip Rivers and Eli to look at. 
um, that were still carrying the torch. But Ben, ben is that last bastion, and so it, it's great to see him out there. And he looks good. I mean, I'm glad he's still playing because he still has that zip. He still has that energy. He still has that drive. And that's something that you appreciate because you look at him and, and, and those guys um, that, that are just doing it. I mean, him, him and Brady, I mean, you know, you don't see that. I mean, Drew Brees, you had it, Peyton Manning. There's very few players that you can look at and say, wow, they're still doing it at a high level. And for a lineman especially, I mean, there's no longer the Ray Browns of this world and, you know, that, that can go 20 years um, at the offensive right, well, tackle position. Went. I mean, Jason Peters doing it. That's the only other I, – yeah. I take that back. Jason Peters and Ben are the only two from uh, 04. Okay. All right, that's all I really had, Max. Uh, just glad to talk to you guys. I'm glad to see you back. Well, if you guys have a good one, I'll listen the rest of the day. Thanks, guys. All right, you're welcome. Thank you, Ed. We appreciate you. And, Max, you know, you hit on something. This, it's essence is there's a lot of wear and tear in the trenches, you know, and, and God yeah. bless Ben. And the fact is the rules came about to better enhance Ben's longevity the longer he went. Look – I know he didn't get much of a break. You know, he was so big and strong, and it was hard to bring him down. And so it seemed to me that Ben, you know, didn't get the benefit of the doubt with roughing penalties early on and even up to his start in the double-digit years. But fortunately, there's been more, I don't know, let's say referee awareness to the fact that just because Ben is big and strong doesn't mean that you can hit him uh, like, like you want, that you don't get the, the Peyton Manning calls, you know, you don't get the Drew Brees calls. You should get the same calls or the same beneficiary of uh, being a quarterback like Tom Brady does, wouldn't you say? Yeah, no, I, I think I think it definitely uh, has, has, has provided a certain bubble um, around quarterbacks in this league that you can get that longevity. And when we look at I mean, because – when you're a lineman, when you ha when you know you're getting guaranteed contact every play, um, yeah, you know those numbers severely <laughs> shorten the career. And then the type of said contacts on a play, you know, they're passing a lot more than we did back when I played, and as I'm sure back when you played, right? We we had we oh, had yeah. a very strong run philosophy, and and so I look at that and I'm like, you know, it wasn't conducive to having that long career if you were in the AFC North in, in the early 2000s or the AFC Central when you played, right? Because there was a physical brand of football that was expected with it. You know, just the fact that I could say that I got to play in, you know, 19 Steelers-Ravens games in that time frame. Oh, yeah. That, that right there is, like, is, you know, is like the red badge of courage, right? Uh, you know, <laughs> because mm – -hmm. Yeah. There's no way you came out of that game or that week after without something uh, physically wrong with you. And, and, and it's shifted a little bit because now you do have more emphasis on the pass and trying to score more points. But ours was it was a bloodbath. That, that, that's, that, that's what the goal was. The goal was, was, was the philosopher Clever Lang once said, what is the forecast? <laughs> Pain. That, that's all that's that, that's all I want to inflict more than you can put on me. And that was my goal in life. And I, I know if I looked across and I looked at your eyes and I saw that little bit, that little bit of, a, of, of, of the 300 yard gaze, I knew I won. Because that right. guy was thinking There's of greener no pastures. He, he was it. seeking comfort. And there was and I never sought comfort. <laughs> and there was nothing better than seeing a guy across from you melting down as you pound the rock. Play after play after play. All right, we're going to go to break. We are live from Hyde Park right down here, downtown Pittsburgh, the purveyors of the perfect steak. You can come on down, 
eat ha- eat up, eat big. That's for sure. We'll be back after this. It's Wolf and Starks in the locker room. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. In the Locker Room is Hyde Park, one of the greatest places for a fat guy to be, because, you know, Max and I, we, we dig our steaks. I mean, there's nothing, there's no doubt about it. We are predators, we are carnivores, we are meat eaters, and this is a place to be if you got a hankering for a little bit of the carnivore type uh, food you know what I mean the, oh oh yeah and here's a question do they do they do they have like a coupon system can I get a coupon for <laughs> can I like can, come there get a like an IOU from like you know dumb and dumber yeah hey you want to keep this IOU this is for a Tomlin tomahawk you know and 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 some and some truffled whatever mac and cheese I can't remember what it is on the menu um can, can i like get that you know and just like sit at the bar in a corner somewhere and just kind of eat my kids meal there and you head go on out? yeah <laughs> well we got fred trainer we got josh shots here from espn pittsburgh at 970 and all things are heart related and so yes i'm telling you that i'm telling them right now max wants coupons down here he wants to get steakified so that's yeah okay they're like going, oh, okay we gotta take care of big boy all right, indeed. That's yeah. exactly what they'll do. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. All right, now, we're, again, rolling with the Mike Tomlin quote, and he talked about, you know, finding your rhythm in terms of how we work. We talked about we better get better as professionals. and it, it, But he goes on to say we better gain skills relative to the positions that we hold. And you know when Mike starts talking about that, he's talking about the onus is on each and every player to work on his skill set. Look, if you – Take a guy like Pat Fryermuth, okay? One of the things I I was, when he got, I, I, for some reason, I had a, a bigger perception of him being a better blocker than he was when he got here. I knew he was a pass catcher. I knew he could run routes. I knew that as a young buck, um, he would get better at, at, the, at the blocking and everything. But the blocking was not really materializing. And then get Zooks, we go into Buffalo, and he makes a tremendous block on a Najee uh, Harris uh, nine-yard run. He makes a tremendous block on Chase Claypool's 25-yard end around. Um, and I'm like going, wow, the young man did grow up. The young man did rise in his skill level. And that's one of the things that Mike Tomlin is referring to. And what's important about being a pro, a real pro is continually sharpening the sword. It's iron sharpens iron, but it's also the things you do in the smaller moments of the day to make sure that you're getting done what you need to get done to improve your skill set what say you max i i think it's important i I think skill acquisition is something that does not just happen in the off season it happens in season because especially for young guys right where experience is key every play is building your rolodex uh for what you have to draw i like that from common shared experience so for them skill acquisition is happening because when you come in, you can have some ideas about what you did in college, you know, what you did in the offseason, some things that people saw on film that you need to critique. But when you get into season, you still have to, if you're a D lineman, develop that change-up move depending on where you get. You can't just depend on one or two pass rush moves to get the job done. You've got to have the backup. You've got to have not only one, but you've got to have one A and one B. And when you get the backup move, you've got to have two A, B, C, and D. You've got to create 
different opportunities. And as a lineman, you must develop more than one set. You, you can't just rely on setting what we call on a 45-degree angle every time if you're a tackle or being that stout kind of what I like to call the, uh, the, the, the math array, right? It's the I what? plot A, plot <laughs> B, and plot C, you know, and that's all I do. No, you've got to have some change-up things. How your hands move, the violence within your hands and the striking is independent punching, whether it's left hand first, right hand second, ghost punch, you know, either or you have the delay, you let the guy get his hands on you, and you reverse chop the guy. You right. have to be able to have these different types of moves, keeping your half-man relationship, understanding what that is. Is that a jump set? Is that a 45? Or is that, or is that a straight, you know, straight wide set where you just kick flat and vertical? You know, you have to develop all of these things. And if you're a running back as well, how you get to different plays within the system, they matter. If I'm a tight end, how do I release from the line? Wide receiver, how do I release from the line? Technical route running, right? How many steps does it take for me to get to my seven-yard point where I have to break off the route? And what are my different options on that route? Is it how do I handle this inside release if a guy's playing inside of me? How do I handle it when he's when we were in jam press? Like you, all of these things you have to constantly be working on because each defender or each opponent's going to give you something different every time. And that that's where that film study comes in to figure out what's the best way to combat what they're showing me on film and what they're good at and take that away. You know, I, I look at it in terms just like you're talking about, expanding that envelope, putting more tools in your toolkit. You know, you want to be a better pass rusher? Well, watch film with T.J. Watt, correct? Watch uh, yeah. Watt at practice. Ask him questions. Follow him around. You know, I mean, the one thing about having a, a superb player like T.J. Watt, like for an Alex Highsmith, uh, Mel Ingram for – for uh, an Alex Highsmith, hang around them and listen to what they they say. Watch what they do, how they go about their business. Having those guys in the room, like for you, think about it. Alan Fanica, how great was it to have an Alan Fanica, Jeff Harding's in the room, guys that would show you show you what it looked like to be that pro. Guys in my era, you know, the the Larry Browns, the the Mike Websters, the John Colbs, those were the guys that you know. You think about Sam Davis. Sam Davis was another of the, the, the great older players who showed the young guys, this is what it looks like to be a pro. I think it's important, and it is, it, it, it's, uh, it's upon the, the, the younger guys to seek out the older guys. The older guys will respond. The older guys will give you that mentorship uh, ability to, as a young buck, but you got to seek that out. You got to be hungry enough to want it. Well, and not only that, you also have to earn that respect of the room. You, you there, know, Max? I, I can't. Yeah, can you guys Hello. hear me? You there, Max? Oh, there you are. Okay. I'm, yeah, I'm here. Um, I think yeah, one of the other things is, you, okay. yeah, you also have to earn that respect. You also have to give, you know, into the bank, right? Especially as a young guy, you've got to put the initiative out there. They want to see you working after practice. They want to see you doing extra on your own. And then you get to that point where you're at the cliff, right? I don't know where to go, you know, and I've, I've hit the end of the road here. I need, I need you to throw the bridge out. I need you to throw me a line and help me continue to progress. I think that's the other thing because I knew early on in my career, you know, I was a rookie. I came into a very veteran room. And it was like, right. hey, don't talk to anybody, don't do anything, just continue going about your business. And then once I proved that, I was able to talk to guys like Marvell Smith because that, that, you know, that's who I looked 
you know, looked at on my team. And then having guys like a Barrett Brooks that, that, that put me on your shoulder. But then watching guys like Allen and Jeff and how they warmed up, how they trained, how they attacked rehab. You know, what are the extra things that they're doing? Running the extra sprints after practice, you know, whether it's half gassers or it's 100-yard striders. And then watching, you know, the rubber band um, that Marvell Smith will put on to get his sets to work on his power drives out of, out of, out of his stance. Yeah. You know, looking at those little things and just picking up those little nuggets as well. But they want to see you also pay attention before asking a question because they want you to ask the right question to unlock that door as well. And I think that's the other key is you can't come in knowing everything. You have to come in as an empty vessel willing to be filled up like a pitcher, right? You know, you can't just sit there and say, hey, I got too much water. I don't need anything else from you guys because that's not the right team mentality to have, especially in this sport of football where it's all about team. It's all of those little things that go into it, and that's what makes you a better player if you can admit your own fault and your deficiencies but then constantly attack those weaknesses to make them strengths. All right, let's go to the phones. The number's 412-919-1316. We got Big John from Texas. Big John, how are you doing, my friend? I'm Hello, doing Big good, John. Sir. How you doing? I'm, do- I'm doing All right. I'm doing good, sir. How y'all doing? We How's are everybody doing fabulous this morning. <laughs> hey, welcome, Max. Appreciate you coming to the locker room to to uh keep the keep the uh like the good mojo going, you know, we're one and know, like I said, uh, happy that, you know, to me, the best free agency pick was uh, Ingram coming in. I know y'all talk about Showbird and all these other players, but man, Ingram did a hell of a job on Sunday. And, uh, and then Najee, Najee's, uh, you know, going to get going. I saw the pundits were already like trying to say, well, Steelers are having a hard time. Uh, moving the ball, you know, with a run game. and But we saw Josh Allen threw the ball 51 times. So, to me, I look at it when Najee's uh, number was called and we needed a good run, he, he you know, he, he came through. It wasn't like last year where it was second and two and we were stuffed at the line, you know. So, I'm pretty optimistic about, uh, you know, uh, him and, you know, just first game jitters, you know. We'll, we'll see how it is and then not knowing how bad the win was when y'all were describing it on Monday morning about the victory. So I'm doing good. Oh, and Max, just to give you a heads up, uh, I'll just go ahead and get it started. But there'll be a Kevin Cronin uh, name drop probably. <laughs> you know, Wolf, Wolf likes the name drop. Uh, you know, he was always a name dropper. So if you drop in your off- you know, offensive line, uh, you know, uh, class there yeah i think it, y'all are gonna fit perfect there it is there oh it is. beautiful okay. thank you big yeah, so. shared you, family <laughs> yes <laughs> and what he's talking about max is i met kevin cronin like 25 years ago uh you know when he was the lead singer for reo Speedwagon, and then i met him like 20 years later uh when he sang at heinz field it was funny so you know, I, of course, I was name dropping, and 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 that, and, and Tunch just accused me of being a name dropper, which I was. So there, you, there that's the backstory. Uh, so, hey, n- nothing, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with. It. Listen, listen, it's okay. You know, I met Snoop Dogg once uh, or twice. There in, you go. In my time as well. There we go. I just, I just name dropped. 
you know, a Super yep. Steeler fan um, as well. And I, I remember having to get him into our after party and the, uh, and, uh, and the issues that caused afterwards. Yeah, after Super Bowl Forty, remember when he showed up with his entourage with like 50 people? It was like, oh, I yeah, remember. Hey. Yeah, hey, hey, Snoop, and who are these other 50 people that don't look like Steeler fans because Snoop had a full Steeler suit on? Um, he's like, exactly. oh, these, these are my guys. They're good. No, they're fans. I was like, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it all worked out, no doubt about it. So yeah, did, it we, did. did we lose uh, Big John? Okay, the hang up. All right, but here, here's the, here's the thing about it. Um, when you look at it, that uh, you know, this is a a great time for this team to really. It, you kind of set the tone. You know, the first game out of the gates, you set the tone for the next several weeks. You know how you break it down month by month. That's how you look at a season. You know, you go from one game to the next, but it really you look at them. You know, in just one month snippets. And you want to win each month, you know, four games, three out of four, four out of four, whatever, of course, your goal is. But, you know, the reality, the reality being, you know, to, to keep at a high level, win each each month. And uh, one of the things that is really cool is the Steelers now coming out of the gates. You got a great chance to set the tone for September. No, they absolutely do. I mean, this was one that, you know, we could argue across, you know, the field, whether it was heart or mind about how you felt going into this game. And, you know, it, it was one that I felt like, you know, we stole. We rightfully stole. Because anytime you're in a season, right, you want, you know, home team dominance precedes all the other. You want to defend your house. But then when you go on the road, you want it to be a 50-50 split. That's what you're aiming for when, when, you, when you're going on the road. And usually that right. means you're a 12-4 and four team, you know, and that puts you in perfect position for the playoff run. So anytime you get that game on the road that you're not supposed to get, you're in, you're you're in a good place because now that's one less one that you have to win on the road later in the year because you get to stash that one in the pocket um, and put that in the W column. And so I think for the Steelers, we we, we could split hairs about whether we thought they were going to win or lose in that game, but the the most thing that that that's important is they played the game and guess what? We came out on top. And so exactly. You know, having that victory under your belt in that hostile environment under those conditions at that point of the year, at the beginning of the year, to open their season, because that's what you're doing when you go on the road. You're opening the other team's stadium for business. Right. And the fact that the books aren't good just yet after you come away with that victory, you know, <laughs> it's like walking out the casino with, with a big payday. They're like, ah, you stole from the house today. And, and yes, they did. And we'll take that and we'll bank that as we open our own season and remember the mistakes that you guys made to make sure we don't make them as well. <laughs> you betcha. All right. We're going to go to break the first hours in the books. You listen to Wolf and Starch. When we come back, Jim Wexel will be on with us with a little Steel City Insider from Steel City Insider. All right. There you go. We'll be back after this.